Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, and remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. And I have to tell you, I went to the uh, the salsa festival up in Oxnard this weekend, and it wasn't like the dancing salsa, because I would look like an idiot there, but it was the food salsa, and uh, I've been there before, me and the lovely Joanne went up, and she was all excited, and what they do is you, you pay five bucks, it's, every, it's free to get in, but if you want to get the salsa, you pay five bucks, and then they sit there and they give you a bag of chips, and they give you coupons, like coupons, tickets, for 10 different kinds of salsa. But for me, I don't give my ticket to the salsa people because my feeling is they, they want me to try their salsa so they're not accepting the tickets. What I noticed is none of the small companies who you want to support took the tickets. It was all, the people that took the tickets were Whole Foods and Fresh and Easy because they're just corporate dunces. And I'm sitting there going, you don't even need to be there. There's all these small companies. So anyway, the salsa was great. Only one killed me. I had one really hot salsa. Uh, it was a hot sauce. It was a ghost scream, and they make it with a ghost pepper. And you think you're a man until you get that stuff, and you're like, oh, yeah, I can eat this. And I swear to God, for like two minutes, my face was just dead. Anyway, enough about me. We have a, we have a great show today. We have, a, we have a Chicago guy. I love the Chicago people. We have Pat Finn. How you doing, Pat? I'm great, Steve. How are you? Good. I love the Chicago people, and it's funny because I know, well, when I first moved out here years ago, my buddy Joe Catone was from Chicago, okay. and he tried to do Improv Olympic. And I used to see you and Holmey and Neil Flynn yeah. and uh, Keckner in Beer Shark Mice sure. back on, because I come from a background of stand-up and never really followed improv. When I moved out here, I would go to see him, and you guys would get up there, and it's so right. funny because you're guys were so much above but it's just because they're new but you guys are so good and so confident which it was just funny and yeah coleman was in there too yeah it um it's funny you know how it is like we, chicago is such a mecca for improv and, and i know that it's funny pete and i grew up probably 10 minutes from each other as kids but didn't know each other uh, i grew up in uh, i was born at evanston then moved to wilmette and i ended up growing up down the street from uh joel murray okay which is great his mom and my mom used to go to church every day together and seven kids they had nine. Nine, okay. Because he was nine. in the show once, and I was like, wow, nine kids. I mean, yeah. yeah. And then we had six, so it was like, oh, okay, six, whatever. It's like you, an only child in LA. It's yeah. weird. I, I, had, I was from a family of three, and okay. we're around the same age. And it was so funny because, like, in our neighborhood, probably like the Murray's in your neighborhood, yeah. there was always that one family that had just, like, not like our, our neighborhood was the cool hands, right. and they had nine kids, and you're like, oh my God. And you just, you would always see, anywhere you went, you would see yeah. one cool hand. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's funny, we used to caddy at a course uh, called Indian Hill, and Indian Hill was, uh, I, was I grew up Catholic and still Catholic, and they, they kind of frowned upon, uh, it was more white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. It's actually where they got the idea for caddy shack. I was going to ask you, that yeah, makes... because Brian caddied there and a, a bunch of guys, and so I caddied there, and they weren't, there weren't many Catholics, actually, there were just two Catholics, and that was it, but they allowed in the course, but Catholics could caddy, which was fine by us, because we didn't have the money to get into the club, but more than happy to take the money to caddy, and... Um, uh, sometimes we'd sneak on the course and, and, uh, anytime somebody came over, I was always subsequently with one of my brothers and they'd be, whoa, 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 whoa who are you guys? And there was right. the Sullivan family had like 12 <laughs> of them. There was like 12 Sullivan. So we'd always just put our first name, which was usually after some saint and then Sullivan. So, uh, Tom and Kevin and Patrick Sullivan. Oh, that's fine. All right, you guys get out of here. Like it was just, <laughs> well, okay. So, so you grew up a religious, I'm pretty well, strict Catholic. Yeah, my mom's uh, still a daily communicant. Okay. Um, and grew up, I went to uh, St. Joe's uh, Grammar School in uh, Wilmette and then to Loyola High School, which is also in Wilmette. Now, how did you, it's funny because I think the Loyola's, I know my, my niece goes to the Loyola in New York. Okay, sure. I think they're all connected. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, they are, yeah. But, uh, which is funny because um, I, I mean, we grew up Presbyterian. Okay. <laughs> and she S- goes to Catholic. Yeah, yeah, but ours, you guys, you're, my girlfriend's a Catholic and I went to the, the Christmas service. And on our services, it was like so like, 
like the the fifteen minutes. Right. You know, it's like you know, you go to a wedding and it's like I do. Let's hit the buffet. Yes. You know, you're sitting there going. And yes. the Catholic weddings, you go. You're like, oh my god. Yeah. You're sitting there going. You know, can we just? Yeah, get it on and it, it's it's crazy I know I've been doing like is the Pope showing up what's going exactly. on why are we it's been an hour I, I, do I have to feed my meter again I have to go back outside so growing up in this in this uh, strict I'm guessing strict uh, how did you end up deciding to get into the field of acting and comedy were you funny as a kid I mean coming from a big family you probably had to you had to stand your own ground yeah, I'm I, sure I think um, you know we were we were um uh, you know, pretty tight. It was a, it was eight of us in a three bedroom house with one shower. So it was, uh, it's funny. I remember people like, Oh, when you were a kid, did you have a lot of time to rebel? I'm like, where are you going to rebel? I lived in my parents' walk-in closet. So there wasn't really <laughs> literally lived there, which is funny. Cause we'll go back with my kids and they'll be like, take us to the walk-in closet. So, um, but no, our pa- parents are wonderful. And, uh, I have five, uh, brothers and sisters that are incredibly, we're incredibly close. I think, you know, for us, like the dinner table was always a big thing um, because it was n- not the food, but just that the entire family got together. And inevitably somebody told something about, you know, that, that happened during the day or somebody said something. And, you know, we would be there, you know, half hour, 45 minutes after dessert, just sitting around talking. And that to me was kind of one of the neatest things growing up is just everybody telling stories. And my dad, very dry sense of humor. And he would kind of throw in something. And I, you know, I, it's funny you say it. Cause we used to do that too. Like, especially when we were in college, we would come back yeah. and I'm the youngest and we would sit there and eat in my, and my house was, my parents had like the dining room was for, you know, holidays, you know, sure. but we never, yes. like when we were kids, we weren't even allowed in there. It was like, you don't need to eat, you know, and the living room, we weren't allowed in the living room, Yeah, but we used to sit there and just talk after that. Even when I was younger, cause I remember I had one cousin who was like a total hippie and looking back, I think he was like on acid half the right. time and you'd sit there and then my uncle would just get hammered and just start making fart noise and stuff and it cracked me up as a kid oh yeah but I think it's just that I think it's like a Midwest East Coast thing where it was I think of family values where it was like you didn't you didn't leave the. I mean you could not leave the table if someone else was eating I mean now oh, kids, no. kids do it all the time yeah. they just walk away but that was a thing and I think with a bigger family too and our generation I think it was just how that's their, how their parents grew up and, and you did yeah. you got some really good call and you'd sit there and after a while you go oh my god it's an hour and a half like we, we should be you know watching tv or something yeah no we did a, uh, we, I, have, I have three children we did have three children and um i think it was like president's day and um it, we, all three kids were there and, and it was about a half hour before we did, and we hope to eat but you know with sports and stuff like that you don't have that luxury of every you know it's not the perfect norman rockwell like children right. dinner time and the wife has the apron on but it was president's day and all three kids were there and actually one of them had a, a friend over and I said, uh, hey, dinner's about a half hour. Um, why don't you guys figure this out? Figure three things that I don't know about presidents that you want to figure out that you can tell me about any random president or presidents for this day. Right. And um, so each kid was like, what? what was wow. I'm like, you guys got off school and you have no idea why. Why don't you tell me something about a president? And it's not like you know, we sit at our house and homeschool. And we're and, just and, and, a- but it's not like also when we were kids, you'd have to go and like try to find an encyclopedia. Oh. Now you can just Google <laughs> presidents you know i mean for us we have to be like we go to the library have to find microfiche yeah, come back oh my god what the, what the hell's going on <laughs> we're exactly trying to run something off the, you know i need the facsimile what's going on um but yeah so any, anyways it was kind of funny because each one came up with something random and we started laughing about it and talking about it and this kid who was uh a friend of uh, the, you know uh, one of my kids from school just sat there and just kind of stared at the laughter and silliness and randomness that was going on and i was like oh my gosh this was what it was like for me growing up and it was just he was just sitting there like wow this is like a little carnival right this is, it's not every day of course obviously but i got a question about your neat. kids yeah now if your kids do you are you like do your kids the type that like 
like let's say they go to a friend's house for dinner. Like your friend, hey, their friends came over. Yeah. When I when we were younger, we were just glad to go to someone's house for dinner. Oh yeah. Do you sit there? I mean, some people now say like kids like, well, my kid can't eat this, 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 this. No. And growing up for us, I mean, you went to someone's house, you yeah. ate, and you just ate and oh, ate and ate, and you were just happy to that wasn't your mom's yeah. cooking peanut butter but, rhubarb yeah, casserole. Exactly. You ate it. Oh yeah. And you go to somebody's house. Remember that? I remember you go to somebody's house. Oh yeah. House you're you're like, oh my god. Like my friend Marcus Bzito, his grandmother was Italian, and she. She would come, you know. She was the best cook, and she would. I would just keep uh, eating, yeah. and she would feed me, and she loved me, and I was like loving it. Sure, but you were excited to go to a kid's house and and or your friend's house, and you never asked what they were having. You no. just ate it. Yeah, of course. And then you kind of, I would sometimes align my my uh, friendships in like, boy, Lucas Salazar, <laughs> they got some good little. They do those tacos again. That was insane. I went to my friend. I had a friend, Kanishi Yoshida, and I went to their house, opened the door, and just this waft of like bad cabbage and all this stuff. And <laughs> the whole day, I'm just sitting there, we're playing trucks or army men or something. Going, I know that's going to be horrible. Yeah, it's it's kimchi. It's kimchi. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh no! You know, when the Irish kid, like, oh lord, this is you know. So okay, so so you're you're growing up yep. now. I know you, when you went to college uh-huh. and you went to Loyola College. Or no, I you went not, to DePaul. I, I went to. Um, I know you went to grad school at DePaul. No, I didn't go to grad school. Right. Uh, it says you. Oh, you Marquette. You went to Marquette. Yeah, I went to Marquette. Exactly. Okay, and I read the thing. Right? I said Loyola. I thought Loyola College. Yeah. You went to Marquette. Was mm-hmm. was did, was your acting was your major or what did you go to major no, or? I, you know it's funny steve i grew up you know when you go back to like you know did you i was a class clown in that i liked i, I knew i could get out of things being funny i could goof around i remember one time at loyola actually i had this teacher uh, mr clark who was i guess you could say the one teacher that sort of made a difference and uh it was a theology test uh, or quiz and it was four questions and i answered the first three it was an essay form and i remember getting the last one it was something like something about you know what was job's why was job's wife important or whatever and i didn't know the i couldn't remember it i'm like i this stinks i'm gonna this is for sure a 75 at best you right, know, right i don't write this so i wrote down just a completely made up story like a joke basically i just filled out a paragraph that was all a joke like oh job you know job used to hang out with micah down at the old blah 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 well and um I got it back and I got 100. And I was like, holy cow. And he wrote, uh, last answer, very funny. I gave you full credit because it was so funny. I was like, holy cow. Okay. So the next quiz comes around and I do four funny answers. <laughs> He's like, look, man, this isn't how it works. <laughs> I, gave you that one, I gave you that one bone. Right, which this is isn't, nice. yeah. But I thought like, oh, I've, it's officially, I figured I could go to MIT and think of funny things for numbers. And You're the funny engineer. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I, I solved this. It doesn't make any sense. The building collapsed, it but it's a funny back. architectural thing. Hilarious. But anyway, so I realized, you know, obviously comedy was kind of a neat thing and I really enjoyed it. At least uh, uh, I knew of Second City. I used to listen to National Lampoon albums and Cosby and, and Belushi. I mean, Cosby and um, uh, Bob Newhart and, and, and Steve Martin. And the deal was we had to go to um, a Jesuit high school. My dad was really a big fan of the Jesuits. And uh, then he would pay for our high school and then we had to go to a Jesuit college. And then we had to pay for all, all of our education um, in, in uh, college, which was a lot. But we were teams. I was in a fact. I was in a factory when I was fourteen, and a teamster at sixteen. So um, that helped. I mean, that paid for a lot of school, which was cool. But Marquette was great. So I went to Marquette uh, after um, uh, Loyola, and again, I, you know, Loyola. I was in no. I was in one play, and it was Lil Abner. And I was in the chorus because the lead guy, Tom Ryan, his nickname was Keg Beer. He could get Keg Beer like within a half hour at any point. Like you could just walk up, hey, uh, Rhino, yeah, could I get a keg of Stroh's light? Is that cool? Like half hour? Yeah, I'll meet you in the, you know, and he would. I, Weren't those guys great? Like we, we had a guy who used to sell polo, fake polo shirts, okay. Ralph Lauren shirts, nice. out of his trunk. And the only thing was because polo shirts were expensive, sure. and, you know, and so it was like they were like 
eight bucks or ten bucks, yeah. and they look just like them, except yeah. the the pony only had three legs instead of four. That's and then hilarious. went back and because it was this was like I graduated high school in eighty two, yeah. so back then like the collar sure, up was yeah. big, but these because the material was like one side would fall down, uh, and you so you had great. to put them down. But it was the same thing. You, you had those guys sure. who could just get. Or, there were always the guys who had the uh, mo- we used to call them the mafia football pools. Right? Did you have those guys yeah, in high the school? Strip cards. Yeah. All that. There was like yeah. one dude having me like we didn't know, and we're thinking, what yeah. if this guy loses? We're not going to get paid. He's in high oh, school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They always had these odd connections. It was just like <laughs> names with like seventeen hundred vowels on right. it. But um, yeah. So uh, I, I I was in one play in in I'll, I'll never forget this. I had one. Father Reuter was the was the uh, uh, theater department whatever head, and he. I had one line in the whole play. He goes, I'm Finn, I'm going to give you a line. I'll never forget this. He goes, it was, hey, something fell off the statue. And it was this giant, like, 15-minute musical number with the entire cast. It was towards the end of the play. It was an amazing thing. And in the middle of it, everyone stopped and looked at me. And I went, hey, something fell off the statue. You know, whatever. And it continued on. And Father goes, cut. We were in rehearsals. Cut. Brilliant. Perfect. Wonderful. Everything was the music, the cues, and the dancing, and the blah, blah, blah. And then he turns and he goes, wait, Finn, what's your line? And I said, oh, hey, some fellow statue. He goes, yeah. Yeah. Conroy, take that line. Uh, it just didn't work, Finn. And I was like, oh, okay. And then in my mind, like, well, then officially I can't be an actor. So right, I just right. kind of shut everything down. I got to Marquette, and um, I was never in theater. I was never in theater at Loyola, other than my one line. And, um, but still loved it and didn't know how to do it. And w- when I was there... I was a freshman and Chris Farley was a sophomore. Okay. So that's kind of where I started. Chris and I became thick as thieves and best friends. So that's kind of where it all came about. We wanted to do something, didn't know how to do it. So uh, we gradually did a couple things like downtown at night. And it was horrible. It was like in front of like the night crew of, of the Paps Brewery. Right. We didn't have anything. We just kind of were like, we're doing stand up and no idea what we're doing. But it was just, it was enough to get on stage on, well, at the time, milk crates. But, um, but it was cool, and it was also something we realized this might be something that worked for us, or something we, we liked. So that that's kind of where it all started, I guess. So then, where do you gravitate from there? You know, you want to do it. It's like for me when I got out of college, I had my degree in business, and okay. and then I always said I want to do stand up. My mom found a learning annex class, so I took that. Well, that's but then cool. I started. That only makes you put your act together because I don't think you can be taught to be funny, right? But. Then you knew where to go. So we knew we had a few comedy clubs. Now, for you being in Chicago, yeah. did you say Improv Olympics, uh, Second City? What, what do you do after you're doing all that stuff? Yeah, I mean, you know, Chris and I, we ended up getting in the Follies. And it's a really long story, but the end of it is basically we, we improvised with our friend Jim Murphy, who now works at Pixar. Um, and we improvised like a dating game spoof with no girl because the girl left because we had no ideas of what we wanted to do which was you know smart on her part but so we um we left uh i mean we did that and the place kind of went crazy so we were like wait a second maybe this is something almost like a i guess if a baseball player like walked into a batting cage and it just felt right right you know what i mean just kind of yeah. was like wow wait a second who's this guy i don't know just kind of this, this feels right so we knew we wanted to do it had no idea how to do it and went to chicago where i well actually chris went chris is a year ahead of me so chris went back to madison for a year, which was subsequently Tommy Boy because he worked for his dad's oil company. Um, so he worked for him for a year, which was just him taking clients out and drinking. And then they sign a contract, and my dad gives me a lot of money. Right. Like, all right. <laughs> but um, so then when I graduated, we both moved down together to Chicago and hooked up at Second City and um, Improv Olympic via Joel Murray, who I knew. So Joel was like, yeah, go to these two places. I was like, okay, cool. So we went there, and that's kind of where I fell into the – you know, Ian Gomez, Keckner, um, you know, Tom Purcell. 
Well, it's uh, amazing the Chicago talent. I mean, I sit there, you know, I looked at the list. I mean, and it's yeah. so funny because everyone has worked. I mean, I just sat there like in the last year. I've had you now. Joel Murray's been on. Pete mm-hmm. Holney. Uh, Pete Gardner spent some time. Uh, Great, yeah. In Rose Abdu. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nia Bartolos. Sure. Susie all Nakamura. Yeah. I mean, uh, Kate Flannery. Yeah. All, and Kate Flannery's from Philly. All these people, right. they've gone to Chicago. Mark Beltzman. Yep. And they all sit there and... It's amazing because it's like a family. Like when you talk to them, and I, I run into different people because I, I, I fool around doing stand up every once in a while, but I don't yeah. really like doing it anymore. But all you know, that group of the Chicago people are all very successful and they're all just really nice. I mean, it, it, none of there's like, you don't see an attitude. I mean, it's like some of the people out here will get an attitude, but the Chicago people, all the ones I've met, are just cool people. Yeah, it's, um, it's funny. We've had like, being that the one thing my wife's from Springfield, Illinois, downstate, and we met at Marquette. And the one thing that was sort of tough for all of us being from Philly or Chicago or both, um, and even New York as well, is coming out to LA. The one thing is you're doing is you're stretching out the relationship with grandparents and aunts and right. uncles and cousins and stuff like that. And that's what's that's a big part of I'm sure how you grew up and I grew up as well. So that was like the toughest part. And by proxy, you know, almost every other weekend, Kector's having a barbecue, Holney, Murray, us. You know, somebody's having a barbecue, and then it's all of us, all of our kids. So we're kind of aunts and uncles. It's like a, it's like a second family. It's like an yeah, extended family. It is, and it's neat that you know you look around, and there's you know Corral or Stone Street or, or you know Keckner or whomever. And to us, it's like you know, hey Keckner, grab this, give me the ketchup, right? You know, whatever. You know, it's not like you know, hey Dave, by the way, I'm a big, you know, because he's wonderful and he's awesome. But but he's a friend. Yeah, exactly. And it's and it's neat. Our kids just kind of like, like it's my oldest daughter now goes to college. And it's funny, she'll be sitting there watching some movie or TV show and, you know, at our house, she'll be like, oh, there's, there's Dave or there's well, Will or whatever. And, and it's weird. People in Colorado were like, wait, how do you, wait, you know, wait, what? And, well, see, that's funny for me just from starting doing the show because my girlfriend just moved out here from New okay. Jersey. We knew each other in college, but it's a long story. But, mm-hmm. we, you know, she moved out here and she loves TV. She always watches TV. Yeah. And we'll sit there because I, I get so many, I get a lot of. Chicago people are character actors. I can't go through a night without seeing at least five people I know. <laughs> but she always cracks up. She's like, wasn't, wasn't he on your show? Yeah. And I was like, and I sit there and go, wow. And you sit there and you go, wow, this is really cool. They were. Like last night, yeah. Dan Bacadal was, oh, cool. was on Major Crimes. And okay. I'm like, I tweeted him. I said, yeah, we'd pick you over Luke Perry anytime because nice. Luke Perry was on. But it's just cool. And for you guys, the kids, so the kids grow up around it. So it's, yeah. it's since they, I guess because before they could even fathom stardom for these people they know them as let's say people, Dave yeah, Kackner or yeah. Neil Flynn they don't know him as the guy from the middle or that no. they probably know just as oh that's the guy who used to come and drink beers at our house and make a good hot dog or yeah, good hamburger exactly I mean it, it's funny we did uh, I remember my brother uh, Kevin brought his kids one time he has three three boys and one of his oldest son Michael was perhaps I don't know maybe seven maybe ten years old and Neil was there and, and they're like oh that, that's the guy from Rookie of the Year and you're kind of like what Oh, oh yeah, I guess yeah, that's right. And he goes, oh, is there any way I could get up? And I'm like, sure, absolutely. Yeah. He's go, a good friend. I go, hey Neil, I go, go grab a pick over here. And he's like, yeah, sure, of course, absolutely. So he comes over and Neil, Neil takes a knee because Neil's very tall. And it's just, it's funny because Michael's face is like, I cannot believe where I'm at in my world right. You know, and, and it was a neat right. thing. But to us, I always tell my kids, it's like, for lack of a better word, it's just a bunch of circus folk. Yeah, around at a party. Of, we're not carnies. Yeah. We're the talent. We're the talent. <laughs> exactly. We're not the carnies. Exactly. We're the talent. We're not creepy weird. No. So, so you're, you're, you're doing a second. Now, how long were you in Chicago for? Um, I, uh, I did Improv Olympic for two or three, well, probably three or four years, maybe five years. And then got into second, I auditioned a bunch to get into Second City. And uh, at the end, I probably auditioned four times. It was like, you know what, forget it. It's just not, 
it, even though it was my goal, like literally my goal was to, you know, just take classes. At right. So I did that and accomplished that. And then to get on stage was the other huge goal of my life. And, and Joyce Sloan, who was kind of like the matriarch of, of Second City, um, who's amazing, is um, I, my first audition there. And then she tells me this later, or told me, um, apparently, and I had never auditioned before. So I was like a, you know, I shouldn't say that. The first, <laughs> the first audition I ever had, and never took a class in theater. So I don't know how to audition, how to slate, how to do it, what a producer does, what a director does. I went to my first level class at Second City, and um, I, I, I get there, and Chris, Chris Farley wrote me a, a letter. This is how you do freeze tag. This is how you do emo app. This is all this stuff. And he literally just stick people of different things. So I just showed up at the first class, and there was 12 kids, and I was the 13th kid. And the teacher was like, that's weird. We got 13 in the class. And I was like, oh, I'm busted for sure. And he goes, all right, let's start. And they started doing scenes and blah, blah, blah. And about halfway through, I, I hadn't gotten up yet because I was too scared. And I'm like, I just, don't, I just want to get out of here. And he's like, hey, blue shirt, uh, you haven't been in anything yet. And he goes, come on up on stage. And I was like, oh, sure. So I hopped down, and who else wants to get up? And these two girls got up with me, and he said, let's go get a location. And they were asking people to you know, give, give ideas, and then they would, we'd kind of talk about the scene afterwards. So we get a scene, and it's, it's uh, you guys are in a kitchen. I said, great. So I, there was a chair there. So I took a chair and sat on it and pretended like I was reading the newspaper. And the two girls were down, uh, upstage, and the thing was that I had put the chair facing away from the audience like direct the audience is directly okay watching my back so i'm sitting there and i'm like oh my gosh all right cool this is great then we're doing the scene it's a it's a you know daughter and her mom and they're doing the scene and everything's great and i'd kind of chime in every once in a while and the, and the scene was over two or three minutes later and i'm like oh there i'm done i'm out okay great so we're doing it how was it, it was really great oh the, the the mom and the daughter were wonderful the relationship the dad would kind of say something funny every once in a while this one girl raised her hand she goes yeah what's up she goes i had a problem with the scene and he goes, what's the problem? And he goes, that guy right there, he was completely wrong. And I'm going, oh, no, I'm busted. And she goes, he goes, what was wrong about it? He goes, his back was to the audience the entire time. And I was like, oh, shoot. And the director stood up and goes, that's what made it such a brilliant move. Okay. I didn't care about anything, but I wanted to know what he was saying, what he was talking, what was going through his mind. Was he going to turn around? Anything. And I'm like, oh, wow, that worked out great. Of course, the next scene was like, you know, Lumberyard. And I sat down and he goes, hey, hey, blue shirt. No, we don't. That's not your trick. Like, you don't. Like, <laughs> like I found my, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, no, turn around. Exactly. You write some funny letters on a test. Right. <laughs> write the so, test um, so I went through uh, the levels at Second City and the levels in Improv Olympic, which was amazing because at Improv Olympic, I was doing, you know, Armando with like McKay and, and uh, Tina Fey and Polar. And it's funny. McKay was, uh, we, me and him used to oh, do, of course. we used yeah. to stand up in Philly. Yeah. And it was me. I, I would take him to shows. Yeah. Because he was. He was like, I guess we could say a class under me. Okay. And uh, he was, for stand-up, he was such an imposing figure on stage because he's, he's so tall and big. big. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and I always tell people, you know, all that stuff, the gun show and it's go time, they were an anchorman. He was doing that on stage back oh, in yeah. like, back before everyone thought of it. Now people are like, oh yeah, Nick, when they see Anchorman, oh, that's not original gun show. It's like, right, no. go, yeah, it is good original because we is. saw him doing it in like 1990. He was doing He's that. And the crowd would be like, they would get scared because he was so big. But off stage, he was just, you couldn't, you would have beers with him and you would just cry because oh, yeah. he would just keep going. We took a flight one time. I was flying from like New York back to LA. I think I was doing a show called Ed and he was flying back. He was writing a script. He was taking a break from SNL, and he was writing a, rewriting a script. So we both just sub- happened to be put next to each other, which also would happen to be first class. And the two of us sat down and talked, you know, Philly basketball, Chicago basketball, and sports the entire time. Like the whole time, we were like, okay, we're going to read a book now, or I'm going to watch a movie or whatever. We talked 
Like we were in a bar. Though, like we didn't want the plane. We wanted the plane to circle. Like, right, right. Okay, we were having such a nice. But he's a great guy. Really happy. So happy for him and his success and everything. So you're working with all these guys in Chicago. At what point do you sit there and go, okay, you know what? It's time for me to leave. Because I always know Chicago. There, there is work up there. I know that. And people say you can stay there. But a lot of times, after a while, you, ha- yeah. you have to leave the city. I, okay, I, I've. It's funny. I, I've kind of fallen into odd. Okay, the way I got into the union was, and I'll swing into that, was um, I was over at, uh, I think, Reese Davidson or somewhere, but I'd gone in for an audition, and it was like a bottled water spot in Canada, and it was really early on in my career, and I, you know, when you go and you fill out the thing, you know, I fill out all the paperwork, you know, name, all right, right. Like hat size, glove size, and... Um, not anymore. That's all online, isn't that I know, weird? It is. It's like it's so changed. Like these actors have it so easy now. I know they do. Yeah, when we were kids, it was like you had to fill out all that stuff and, and get I, and get headshots. You had to get headshots, and yeah. they'd, be, they'd be like, and I'd always go to like this back of this magazine because in stand up you have to send it with all of them. Yeah, and they had like lithographs, and they were like you know like five hundred for forty dollars, and you'd be like, oh my god, you call your friend. This is a great deal. because yeah. if not, like the regular oh. photographs were expensive as hell. Oh, crazy! And then people would get glossy because yeah, know, oh, like, yeah, you're gonna, they're gonna, you're gonna pop, and you're like, what? It's like, ah, uh, yeah. We were talking the other day about, remember like the quad? Like where people had four different, oh, like, yeah. I'm a baker. I'm yeah. also in a tree. I'm construction <laughs> yeah. with this hammer. Yeah, the characters <laughs> of such and such. And you're like, oh my God. Exactly. It's always like that cheesy person, you know? Of course, yeah. Or the person like the postcard with three different looks, you know? Yeah. Like, like, hey, and it's like, I mean, I'm on LA casting. I have my headshots, yeah. but but it's like, of course I wear a suit as you get older. But when you're younger, you only need one look right. because they're going to feel like as you get older, you know, I can wear a suit right. and look, you know, professional. <laughs> yes. Or I can look. Goofy, or but when you're young, yeah. you have that look. You're young. Oh, totally, if you're yeah. fat, you're a fat young guy. <laughs> if you're a good-looking guy, you're a good-looking oh, young guy. Yeah, exactly. You don't need to put a suit on because no. they know you look great. You're gonna look good in whatever they put you in. Yeah, no, it's true. The, uh, um, but the oh shoot, what was that? I forgot so you're, you were at the audition. Yeah. And, so anyway, so I, I, they call me up and they say, hey, you're, you're not gonna believe this. You got, you, you got the part. You got the commercial. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so great. I can't. That's my first ever. I can't believe this. They go, no, it's no problem. You know, we're gonna have wardrobe tomorrow. We're just trying to figure out the. The problem we've got um, we, with with your union, and I'm like, oh, and they said, well, we called SAG a few times, and they've never heard of you, and I said, yeah, I've never heard of SAG, right. and they said, well, that, that's that's your union. And I said, no, it's not my union, but you know, on the bottom, I'm a teamster, right, you know, on the bottom when it says, are you union? I clicked, I checked yes because it didn't say, are you SAG or anything. Right, she's yeah, so I'm like, well, I'm still a local 744 card carrying <laughs> teamster member, and I'm sitting there when I, and I did it, going, what are the odds of being at a truck coming into you know, coming into play here. And they're like, well, we got a big problem. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to miss the commercial. And the client liked the story so much, they paid for me to get in the union. So they tapped hard. They, yeah, okay. so, which is great. And similarly, um, you know, my goal in life, like I was saying, was to get to on the main stage. I mean, to be honest, originally it was just to meet somebody from the main stage, but I'm like, I should probably shoot a little higher. So uh, I d- d- wrote two shows at Second City Northwest uh, in, it, with Second City, which was phenomenal, great cast. And then... Um, then got put on the main stage, which was, you know, dream come true. And they were doing a show called Old Wine and New Bottles. It was a review. And um, so I was preparing for that. Subsequently in L.A., um, one of the shows I did in, at Second City Northwest was Bernadette Burkett, uh, an alumni of Second City, directed. And she is also the wife of George Went. Okay. So they were looking for somebody to play his brother in a TV show. And she's like, hey, you might want to zip out here. There's a guy that kind of looks like you that could kind of pull it off. He's from Chicago, blah, blah, blah. So George and Peter Tolan flew out to Chicago. And we're like, okay, let's go back. So they came back two or three times. We're like, okay, this is the guy. So while I was 
being put into the mainstream. Now, did you know all this was going on when they were doing it or no? Like, I, I knew uh, halfway through the show that he was there. Okay, but did point. you know they were there to look at you? Um, no, not okay. the beginning. Okay. And, then, and then they're like, hey, we have a thing. We want you to look at these. So then I flew out. I probably flew out like seven or eight times to L.A. You know, which, and to me, it's like, oh, my free trip. This is amazing. And um, then they're like, well, you're auditioning for this TV show on CBS to be the co-star of it. And, uh, you know, people in L.A. were like, we have no idea who you are. You've never done a show. You've never taken an acting class. You have no idea what you're doing, which is, which is all very true. But a lot of times I think that's better. Yeah. I, you know, for it, comedy. Well, it was. And, and it worked out that Peter Tolan's like, this is the guy. So um, I got that. My dream was to get on the Second City main stage. I got that. And then two days later was given a CBS show to be George Wentz's brother. So I flew back and forth with that. We did about uh, 13, 15 episodes. Okay, so you stayed in Chicago, your I residency, did. but then... Yeah, my wife was pregnant with our first child. Okay, so... So we lived in, uh, in uh, like in a loft, kind of off Clyburn and Fullerton. And um, so I was going back and forth. And then we had the baby back in Chicago. And then the show didn't get picked up. So I was like, oh, now what? And so I'm like, geez, what do we do now? And then I went and auditioned for SNL. So I went out with like Carell and um, Adsit. Keckner, Nancy Walls, Maddie Dwyer, uh, Will. There was like 12 of us, which was really cool. Because for me, it was like getting a trial for the Bears. Right. You know, like, oh my gosh. And you're on 8H. It was insane. But um, so that didn't work. So I'm like, okay, sh- so New York's out of the question. I got to regroup perhaps in LA because I was kind of done in Chicago. Then Murphy Brown called and said, hey, will you be uh, the bartender's son on Murphy Brown? So I was like, okay. So I did about seven or eight of those. And then we're like, all right, let's just move out. So my wife and I drove out. I did two years of Murphy Brown. It must be cool because you're, I mean, you, you, you know, you're with, you're with George Wendt and you're on a show. And then you're with Candace Bergen in a yeah. great show. And then uh, after that, I know, uh, and, and, and I'm a big Seinfeld fan. Yeah. Everybody knows Joe Mayo. I yeah. told my girlfriend, oh my I said, because my girlfriend's a devout Seinfeld right, fan. Right, right. And I'm like, I go, yeah, he was Joe Mayo. And she's like, oh my God, the coat, do this. You know? yeah, and yeah, even yeah. if I put, I put who's on my show today. Uh, and I'm on my friends and oh, I was at Joe Mayo's party. He made me sit in the uh, in the uh, alley and uh, it was making up. That's in the alley. Sure. Things. So I mean, so you're going from Murphy Brown, then you end up on Seinfeld for that episode. Yeah. Now, did you probably were you getting recognized? Oh uh, yeah, I mean uh, Murphy Brown, you would definitely. Um, you know, George's show was a big deal, and and um, and then Seinfeld, of course, Seinfeld was just huge. I mean, to me, it was like Cheers or Mash. It was like my. It was like the show that we would go stop everything to sit yeah, down that, and watch. that was yeah I mean yeah. everyone loves anyone I think I think anyone who was in our age group yeah and who was knew what was going on in cities like yeah. if you're in the Midwest you wouldn't right. know but that's the thing I think so for that it was uh thing but yeah because Joe I mean everyone knows everyone, that's the thing that's Seinfeld's one of those things where people remember characters yes very much so yeah it was it was really cool I, I auditioned I was at a uh, a, a kid's party one of our kids at a party and was like in Valley Village on a Saturday and I got a call like hey you have an audition over at Radford like right now I was like oh okay so I went over and auditioned for it and they were um, they said okay we're auditioning you know whatever 50 people and everyone stick around because at the end somebody's going to go to the table read and then they kind of were like okay everybody can go Pat would like to bring you down to the table read which was nice it was kind of awkward but you know it's like actors and so I went down and did the table read which was insane because the table read usually for a sitcom takes about a half hour maybe a little bit more with talking and stuff it took over an hour wow because of the laughter I've never like the amount of every line people were getting up and wiping tears away I'm like we haven't even put this up we're reading this like a children's book and um so I went back to the party. And my wife's like, "Gosh, you were gone for a while." And I'm like, "Yeah, I just got a Seinfeld episode." She's like, what? "It's like you, you leave a party, you yeah, come yeah, yeah, that right. never happens." Yeah, right. Where'd you go out to get some ice? <laughs> I got ice in Seinfeld. So, where do you want the uh, sign? Sorry, the ice. So, um, 
but yeah, that was a great one. And, and going in, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do my job. I'm not going to bother anybody. Tail between my legs. And they would all come up to me throughout the whole week. They were the nicest people you could ever imagine, which was really cool because you never know when you meet people like that. Right. And then it's also funny, Andy Ackerman, who's great, directed that episode. And the weird thing is when I had flown out to the, to the George Wendt show, I got on like a Wednesday, we rehearsed for a little bit. And then Friday, we rehearsed for like four hours. And they're like, okay, everybody can go home. And I'm like, it's two o'clock. I'm like, geez, this is a lot nicer than being a Teamster. And so I'm walking around the lot, and I don't really know anybody in L.A., and I'm like, what, I have no, what do I do now? I don't right, know what right. to do. And I only knew a couple of people. <laughs> I was actually sleeping on Ian and Nia's couch, which was funny, and uh, probably not to them. But, um, but so I walked, and I heard this laughter through one of the elephant doors, and it was Seinfeld. And I kind of looked in, and I'm like, oh, this is great. And I just walked in and just stood next to this guy in a chair. And I'm kind of sitting there, and the guy goes, can I help you? And I go, yeah, this is great. <laughs> like I'm some tourist that like got off the tram and just started wandering away. And he said, uh, he said, what are you doing? I said, yeah, I'm in this other show over here. It's a CBS show with George Went. And he goes, oh, yeah, you're his brother. And I said, yeah. And he goes, he goes, well, what's up? And he goes, well, they broke for the day, and I got nothing to do, and I've never seen a show, so I have no idea what I'm doing. And he goes, oh, well, sit by me for a while. And so I sat next to Andy Ackerman, who's a very famous director, especially yeah. in sitcoms, and he would turn to me and he'd say, you know, when you do that, don't walk on your line. You know, don't put something down so you can't hear your line. You know, do this, and that line will always be in the episode. Like all these little tricks he was kind of showing me, which was invaluable. It's like getting the greatest, you know, college professor of, of sitcomology in a matter of two hours. And um, so it was neat to finally work with him again. And he comes up and he said, Pat, uh, and, and Seinfeld, and he goes, we're doing a run-through. Because try to make Jerry laugh, I go, which is hard. I'm not right. sure. So I was just doing it like, hey, Jerry, can you do me a favor and put the stuff over by the, the fish tank or whatever? And um, so I just started getting big with it. And I started pointing like, hey, Jerry, do me a favor and, and make sure nobody taps on the glass. Thanks, man. And then kind of did this whole thing. And he started laughing and everybody started laughing. So we're doing it in front of the audience and we're rehearsing it. And I didn't do it. And Jerry's like, hey, what happened to that, that stuff you were doing? I go, oh, I was just doing it to make you laugh. And he said, well, we, why don't you make everyone laugh? I said, you want me to do it? And he goes, yeah. I, go, I thought that was our bit. And he goes, hey, make it the whole country's bit. Everyone can see it. And I go, God, I never thought. Okay, cool. So then this is how sweet the show was as far as, um, like, wonderfulness, for lack of a better word. Julia came up, and her scene was before mine. And she's like, I don't want to go to Joe's parties because, you know, he always makes us do stuff. And Julia said, hey, what are you doing with your hands? And I said, uh, oh, yeah, I'm just kind of pointing like this. And she goes, great, show me how you do it. And then I'll do it before you're seen, which is literally like what a setter does in volleyball. There's, she's not getting any accolades from it. She's right. not getting any laughs from it at all. She's completely setting up my joke, which is amazing. So we were doing it, and it's getting, the first, first pass we did it, it had gotten bigger laughs than it ever had gotten. And to the point where I'm like, this is weird. i got to say something. i got to continue the scene. And I did it, and they're like, dude, wait for your laughs. You're like, but it was like so... He goes, yeah, but she set it up, so it's perfect. So play, you know, ride that wave, which was, it was just a really neat thing. And they were really great people to work with. And that was, that was, um, yeah, that Friends was cool. I mean, just like. Yeah, you worked like, on Friends and you worked on Ed, which Ed was, uh, Ed was with, um, who was that guy? Uh, the, the lead. Who oh, was, Tom Cavanaugh and, yeah, and then, uh, Bowen. And wasn't the guy who's in um, Mad Men in that? Uh, Kevin O'Shaughnessy, or didn't he? I don't think he might have been. Might, might have been episodes I was. Uh, Julie Bowen was in it. Okay, Mike Less Starr. Mike, Mike Starr. Yeah, Star? Mike, okay, Mike Starr Star was great. In it. He's, he's a great. I know him. Yeah. Uh, Do you? Know, that's funny. We, we hung out a ton, and then uh, I just saw him at like a, 
uh, charity thing in Chicago. Okay. Hey, bad fan, how you doing? You know? Yeah, he's funny. He's a great guy. <laughs> so you're doing now. You do a lot of you've done a lot of commercials too, right? I have. Yeah, I've uh, been really lucky to do. Um, now was that all? in as you were doing the TV shows and doing your guests, did your agent let you go out and audition for commercials? Yeah, or? It's, it's been pretty cool. I, I'm with uh, Brillstein Entertainment, and, and okay. the, my manager is uh, Andrea Pet Joseph, and she's literally like a sister, and she's wonderful. And um, she comes to our part birthday parties, and we go to hers like for her kids and stuff. And so it's really nice to say, hey, I like this campaign, or this is a really cool thing. I'd like to, to jump into this, you know, uh, this commercial. I've done some work in Arizona with uh, Toyota, which has been great and incredibly well received. So that's been really cool. But it's only really down in Phoenix. Um, but the people are amazing. And, and like I said, I would just flew, anytime I go to Phoenix or fly through there, people go crazy for it, which is really nice. But again, it's not here. So it's not. Um, you said you fly into Phoenix? Like if I fly f- through there and I just went down for a wedding, a buddy's wedding, and you just forget about that it's on TV a lot so you right. don't really think twice about it and we were going and, and um, there's <laughs> there's a beer called Old Style which is uh, I'm trying to think of Philly's like blue collar beer Philly's well it used to be Schmidt Schmidt yeah but they got rid of now wasn't, wasn't that the beer to have when you're having more than one wasn't uh, that no no that was a Schaefer Schaefer that was because the Schaefer I remember right. when we were in college the Schaefer would come in like <laughs> a case of cans in, in like a carrying box yeah and we would get drunk of course we were freshmen right, yeah. sophomore junior seniors in college <laughs> and we would sit there and we would put the things on our head and be mm-hmm. like rock'em sock'em robots nice but it was yeah but Schaefer but Schmidt so Schmidt. now the one old to old what is old, it old style is the beer in Chicago okay I, and I used to work on the trucks for old style and then um, um, it's kind of like their blue collar neighborhood kind of like low end like dads would drink it or blue collar guys would drink Valentine's. it. Valentine's. Yeah, but I love it. So it's my kind of favorite beer for many reasons. But um, so in Phoenix, they have it. So like I'm in the store getting two 12 packs of what would be considered, you know, the it'd be like a step up from generic beer right. anywhere else. And, um, you know, two guys and like, dude, what's it? You're a Toyota guy. What's up? And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> to the old like oh this is for a friend yeah it's not for that's me. funny it's but funny. then subsequently we were leaving to fly back and we had just uh bought some stuff for the kids and we had a up the two 12 packs in and my suitcase was literally it was 100 pounds it was it was absurd how heavy it was i was like oh is, i'm gonna have to pay for this this is my wife's like i told you we packed too much stuff and my guy so we get there and we, as soon as we get the sky caps they're like no way no way Toyota Pat's coming on my flight. This is so cool. I'm like, hey, how are you? Can we get a picture? Sure, no problem. My wife's like, you're so lucky. I go, dude, this is kind of heaven. He goes, not a problem for Toyota Pat. I'm like, all right, cool. And then it is. It's one of those you like, you forget, like, ah, oh, that's amazing how things nice happen like that. But Now, as you look at your resume, you also did an episode of Curb. I did, yeah, yeah. Now, did they remember you, and is that how you got it, or was it just a... Yeah, I, I did... Um, I know Larry from Seinfeld. Right. And uh, Jeff Garland and I are, are really good friends. And dear, and him and his wife, Marla, and, and kids are very dear to our family. And um, it's funny because in the first season, I auditioned for a part on, on a bunch of the usual Joe List, Joel Murray, all these usual amazing people. Steve, uh, I mean, not Steve, um, Richard Kind, all these people. And so it was a room of like amazing people. And it was an improv audition. And they'd literally just give you a scenario. And so. I did the scenario, and uh, Larry's thing was I was too nice. He's like, You're, he needs confrontation. He wants you to kind of battle him and all that stuff. So we did it a couple more times, and I tried to be a, a, jerk. Little, a little gruffer, <laughs> and it just didn't work because then I'd turn around and say, I'm sorry, or whatever. So that was his kind of thing. He's like, it just doesn't work for the show. And then they were, that season was their last season, or was supposed to be. 
and it was really nice. He Larry had called my agent and said, "Look, we we got two more shows left. We got a small part. Can Pat do it? We'd love to have him part of the family." And which was really sweet, I think, and very nice. Um, and of course, they did like four more seasons. And I was like, "Hey, can I get back um, back to a bigger part?" And Jeff's like, "Yeah, they don't use people again." <laughs> like, so he's he's not a big fan of using people twice. But I was happy for Jeff and the shows. It was a great show. Well, you've been so on you've been on a lot of shows. You were my my boys. Yeah, which was great. Which Jamie was Keller was yeah. just on last yeah, week. Yeah, he's wonderful. He was because he's Bunin really good. Bunin, it's funny, Bune and me and Jamie. Me, I've gone back and forth with Bune on uh, on Facebook trying to get him on the show. Okay, but the guy like always books stuff. Like like he he's like he in is. every commercial you sit there and go he's, it's and, and I sit there like one time he had to cancel and I, I understand that like you know this we had yeah. to switch which you know you had to mix, switch from, like you're missing a uh, heartthrob Gregory Harrison who's gonna be the guest oh, next you're week kidding. So oh. you're missing tra- well, you're missing Gonzo I'll, Gates I'll tune in <laughs> you would have met now. <laughs> but so but that's okay my boys was a, was a good show. I mean Great. it was it was now I heard that cast was really nice because they were just guys amazing. hanging out yeah which I think could be tough because there's one girl Jordana who was amazing and then you've got all these guys but each you know and that's probably betsy thomas who created the show um <clears throat> that's probably a testament to her that she's very good with guys and the girls and she can kind of separate everybody in a good way and, th- and that could easily have been a recipe for a kind of a show that wouldn't work because of the chemistry but she made it work i think um with a great cast so that was really cool to do actually and with the movies you also you, i mean you've done movies also you did a dude where's my car yeah, the dude, which was uh, fun to work with uh, Ashton and Sean. Now, was that a big part? You played a cop, right? Yeah, you know, it kind of became like a cult thing a little bit. It was literally a day of work, and um, they were, had all these setups and stuff like that, and they asked me to just kind of improvise, which happens sometimes and it doesn't. Sometimes it can be great, and sometimes the words are better, and um, they let me just kind of goof around, and um, it was great. Danny uh, Lerner was the director, and let me go for like three or four hours and then turns around and goes that's it that's our scene like there's no reason to cut around and go all over the place and Ashton was great and nobody really knew the bummer about that movie was uh, and again it was flattering but so they called me up and they said hey look um, we want to do like a Ferris Bueller thing with you at the end Officer Rick and um, you're going to be like the whole thing was I was coming home in a motorcycle because that old lady got hit at the end and they want to make sure that like, oh, she's okay. So they right. had one day of reshoots. And I said, look, they said, can you drive a motorcycle? And I said, yeah, but not as well as you probably want me to. I said, it's funnier if it's a moped or even a razor. Like I'm coming home in my cop uniform and a razor and I go help her out and give her a ticket for loitering and then skate her away. So we wrote this little thing and it was going to be, and then I was going to turn to camera like, come on, you guys got to get out of here. I'm going to give you guys a ticket if you loiter, you know, whatever. And it was really funny. And it was just one day of reshoots, and it rained the entire day. Like the, one of the three days it rains in L.A. Right. So, which was, I think it would have been such a cool cult. That would have been. And it's just because yeah. well, you already have, because that is such, you know, there's a lot of stoner kids notice you. Like, oh, like, yeah. Like, yeah. like you, if, I, I bet you can't even go to like a Del Taco or no, a Taco no, Bell like 11 at night. But it is. It's funny. Sometimes <laughs> they'll come up and quote things, and you forget you said them. I did a movie called How High, and people will come up and just randomly quote things, and you're just like, you forget you, because you kind of, you know how it is. Like, you forget your lines just because you move on to the but next I saw How High. It was with Method Man, right? Yeah, method yeah. and red, method and red. <laughs> it was funny. I, you know, I'm, I'm not into the pot humor, but I watched it and I laughed. It's I, like you know, I, I have I'm open where I love, and it, I'll laugh at anything if, yeah, it's, if it's funny. And it's yeah. just basic, but it was funny basic. Yeah, you, know, you can see really lousy basic, or you can see like t- uh, tomorrow night. Well, actually, we we are on Wednesday. Sharknado two is going to be on. Yeah, and now yeah. that's. My girlfriend looks at me and goes, I wanna, we should tape that. Mm-hmm. I go, well, you laughed at me when I said I taped the first one. Yeah. She goes, but it looks so funny. And that's one of those movies where you watch it and you know it's going to be it's so – and they're making yeah. it, I think, now yep. as a joke sure. to be funny where the first one was probably serious. Yeah. I didn't see the first one. I, I love the idea of a pitch. 
Yeah. So then the tornado comes down, and then you're kind of like, if that, if that works as a pitch and then makes money, that's a, that's what's amazing. Al Roker's on it. Yeah, I know. I was watching. I know. I know. Like, Al Roker's on it. And I'm like, no. oh my so, God. so my uh, soon-to-be 12-year-old son was like, yes. I go, what's up? And he goes, oh, it's Shark Week coming up. And I go, oh, that's great. You know, so um, he goes on the Shark Week or whatever channel it's on, and Bravo or I'm at, I forget any, but he goes on it, and there's all these, you know, sand shark of death and all these random things and just before i was leaving to come here he goes hey can i watch you know zombie shark and i was like because i was like we watch movies a lot and i was like oh i was gonna watch that with you and literally was like yeah you know you go ahead and check that one out that'd be cool well it's so funny it's sci-fi that has those those shows is that what it is okay and and i was sitting there and i always sit there and laugh because there's like there was one like the other day and i tweeted about it it was just like animatroid against this and Debbie Gibson starred in it and I'm like oh, it does geez. not get better than that or like no. you see like Eric Estrada sure. and someone else and just these crazy animals yeah. you've never heard of and it's just great because they're so tongue in cheek it was I mean he, he turns I walk through the room and he goes uh, he goes hey dad and I go yeah and he goes I don't think this is that good and I said, well, you know what? I go, this is kind of a movie where it's just kind of fun to watch because you know it's, it's not, it's not going to be lining up to get the Oscar. But And he goes, oh, yeah, that, I guess I can see that. And then, of course, the guy in the background was like, wait, what if it was spring break? And they showed a picture like of this crowd behind him, which was, I think, the year after Woodstock. I'm like, just the footage alone that they like, you couldn't get some random, right. you know, <laughs> something from some, you know, um, Coachella concert. Okay, I got to ask you this. And yeah. I, I, it's, it's funny because I think there's been a bunch of them, and I've seen them in a lot of my guests on okay. MDBs. You were in Santa Paul's. <laughs> yes. Yeah, now, I don't know if someone else was in, like, it's like everyone's doing the Santa Paul series. Like, people, you sit there and you go, I'll tell you, um, I did, again, I, 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 I grew up, um, you know, even when I auditioned for SNL, you know, my mom was kind of like, you know, that show's a little racy. You right. know, even Friends was kind of like, I don't think anybody's going to watch that show. I'm like, Mom, it's watched by hundreds of millions of people. But again, it's a mom, so it's um, so uh, having three kids. I have a daughter, 19, a daughter, 17, a son, 12 now. Um, but I, there were times I would choose things because that would be something for them to come to the set and them to see on TV and kids' things. And I just did a kid show for Nickelodeon for a year. And yeah, that was, I'm, I'm, I'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's important to me. That, that's It's a neat thing. to, And I've turned down things that are like, you know what? That's not a great move for me personally. And that's something my kids in, in five years can see on YouTube or wherever and be like, oh, that's kind of weird that dad's doing that kind of thing. Right. Whatever. So um, I'd kind of hooked up with um, – with these guys who did the buddies movies, it's the Air Bud. Now they have puppies, right? And um, Robert and and it's it's this group that's the nicest people ever, and they're up in Canada. They shoot them for three weeks, and they're with all the buddies. And like on the second take, they're like picking up the tripod, like okay, yeah, we got it. Like it's you're you know you're doing everything short of holding the boom yourself, and it's Disney and it's just fun and nice and um, so I did one and it turned out really well. I played a guy named Franken Dude, so I'm up. Uh, a surfer Frankenstein and apparently that did well so we did another one um, I did Space Buddies and then they called and said will you be a, uh, in this other movie uh, and you play Santa Claus and I was kind of like man I've never I mean I, you can't turn down Santa Claus but you're like I don't see myself in yeah this. Like, like wait a second like, do, do I have to go to the gym right. wait I'm Santa I'm, I'm right. not great like Santa yeah, Claus right. it's not even bad Ex- Santa right, like, exactly and it's kind of like you know I probably could lose five pounds but it certainly isn't like I'm not you know, Santa Bill yeah, and then the end, but then you're kind of like oh am I going to do that like you know castaway thing where I have to gain 90 pounds and then come because you know Disney for Santa Claus <laughs> yeah. gain 90 pounds for Santa Claus that's, that's method acting people an actor. what is it it's straight to DVD it's for yeah. now 
phenomenal. <laughs> you should see the bloopers alone are going to be Now I'm going to have to buy it because whenever I go like to Kmart at Christmas time, they always have like Santa Paul's one, two, they yeah. have all those things and I, I'm just going to buy it because we love watching Christmas I'll movies. You, I'll tell you, here's what's cool about it. Well, um, one, it's kind of a musical which I so I get to sing, which I'm not a singer, so some of it, they it's not me. But the coolest thing about it was I love working with, with the group of people that, that do it. They're just great people and great producers and great directors. And... Um, I got to play Santa Claus and Cheryl Ladd was my wife. Well, that's so, Cheryl Ladd. I mean, we yeah. all watch Charlie's Angels. Oh, my gosh. And you, so I'm spending three weeks with Cheryl Ladd. And who couldn't be greater? I mean, just an amazing. And it's funny because I left that set. Um, I had a window of five days that they, they blocked out to leave that set to fly to New York to do a movie called It's Complicated with Meryl Streep. So I leave the dog movie to come to the Meryl Streep movie. What was it like working with her? I got to tell you, I've been really lucky. Because, you know, friends from back home were always like, dude, who's a jerk? Who is it? Who? Tell me, Hasselhoff? And I'm like, I don't know him. I have no, I'm sure he's a nice guy. But I've been so lucky. I mean, with the Seinfeld thing and George Went and his wife, are dear, he's the godfather to my son. And um, so meeting, you know, that was another kind of nervous, like, I hope she's nice because I'm such a huge fan. Probably, right. I'm, it's for me, the best actress that I've ever seen. And um, amazing. Just so great. And the first day... We sat, and and it was my scene, and I basically just had to say, like, all right, well, get better and walk out of the room. It was the, it was the tag of the scene. And Meryl and Alec was in the bed, and Meryl was right there. And I said, great. And we did it probably nine times. And they said, okay, back in a bell. And I just went, dang. And Meryl goes, what's up, Pat? And I go, I'm sorry, I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I've never, I've never taken nine takes before. And she's like, oh, no, she averages like 26 takes. Wow. I was like, are you kidding? I go, I just literally got off the plane two days ago from – a Disney movie where you get one, two takes if you think like, two takes like, hold on a second, Pat wants what? He wants two, t- yeah, I guess Pat's gonna take another take. I guess Pat's gonna slow everybody, you know, and you're like, so there's a lot of pressure in that. In this sense, it was different, but she's like, oh no, no, this movie's taking longer than Out of Africa, which is just funny that she would say something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's like, what? Yeah, but amazing, and she would sing, and she would, I'd come back from lunch, and she's like, hey, Pat, what'd you have for lunch? I'm like, I had the... A lasagna, it's Meryl, Meryl Streep. No, she, she's like your daughter's name is Cassidy, right? And I'm like, yeah, Meryl Streep. But it's just that's so a cool. Person, but amazing. Yeah. Now you did Marvin and Mar- Marvin Marvin. Yeah, that's a kid show. Th- that is, yeah. Now, what was that like? Like, because I've heard people who have been on kid shows, all of a sudden to their kids, their own kids' friends, they're like rock stars when they go to mm. school. I mean, what was that like? I mean, you're the fifth Beatle. You're right. just. You, I mean, I've heard it's crazy. I think Dave Higgins, when he was on Big Time Rush, yeah. said, like, oh my God, it's Mr. Pickles or oh, whatever. Yeah, no, Mr. Pickles. No, I did a, um, like a Sweet Life of Zack and Cody when my kids were really into that and they get to meet the cast and all that stuff. Because it's not a windfall financially by any means, but it's more, it's, it's work and it's a nice show. And that's the thing. You bring the kids to the set, they get four tickets, so they get kind of see the show. Um, and this was the exact same thing. It's funny. Pete Holney and I were coaching flag football and uh, at the Catholic grammar school where our kids go. And so I brought all 19 kids to the, to the show, to the taping, and they're all in the front row with their jerseys on. And they meet everybody afterwards and hang out on the set. And that's, that's, that was probably the coolest part. I mean, the cast was great, and the people involved were great. Um, and and uh, it was a bummer that it didn't go, but it was for a year. It was to be in the Paramount lot where they shot Cheers and, and all these great shows and have all my kids come down. And my, my daughters in high school would come down with their friends. And it was kind of cool, but it kind of was not cool, you know, because they're a step, you know, they're more into the Pretty Little Liars now. Right. And um, 
So they would go, watch it for a little bit, have some craft service, hang out in the dressing room, and they'd go to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. So, right. so it was like the, it was like, the, but that's a great you know night. That's a super good oh, yeah. night. I, I so, like. I, I went to Roscoe's. Uh, but the thing about Roscoe's is it's so funny. I, I've go there. I mean, I watch what I eat now, but I, I've been there, and I'm not, I'm not too crazy about the chicken and waffles. I liked when Waffle House used to put cream of chicken, yeah, on a waffle. Sure, I like that. Yeah, but the chicken and waffles don't. I, I, you know what? I, I'll kind of eat a lot of things. I, I haven't been there, at no part of me. I again going back to Sharknado. I love the idea that somebody was kind of like, these are great waffles, but right, it'd be good on these, like because. But and hats off to people that do. I just yeah, I've never thought the two should be. I love there though if you go on like a Sunday, yeah, when all the uh, African American churches are letting sure. out, yeah, and the women, they're they have these. You don't know where someone can get like everything that matches. It looks so great, like yeah. a purple, sure, like a purple those suits, the you know, and then the hat and the shoes. I'm thinking, where how do they get purple yeah. shoes yeah, that right. match? I mean, it's just amazing. We we live down the street from a um, like a. I think it was an A&E Baptist church uh, when we lived in Chicago. And I always kind of tempted, was tempted to, and we'd talk to them afterwards that they'd come outside because it was so hot. We'd kind of talk to them when we were walking the kids and they would look at the kids and they'd play with them. And, and uh, they're always like, hey, if you ever want to come in, come on in. And I, I always wanted to take the kids in there. But then I was like, going back to Catholic church, I'm like, this is like a, this is a show. Yeah. And we're going to take them back to then the Canaanites exactly. told Moab. <laughs> so, Neil, stand, yeah, Neil, so, stand, put the thing down. Yes. And it's like, wait, we just saw them dancing. It's like, that's entertainment. Somebody fainted live. <laughs> so, I, so now you, you, also you do a recurring on the middle. I do, yeah, which is which is just great. Now did that because you because of beer shark mice because you knew Neil? Did he need someone who looked like you, or did he say, "Hey, this guy's perfect"? No, or? it's funny. Um, I was lucky enough to do a show with uh, uh, Deanne and Eileen before this show. We did a show, um, and it was called I think it was Less Than Perfect. Okay, about uh, Jennifer Finnegan who lived in a, a New York apartment, and Tom Poston was the clown that lived in a in a pantry. I, I re- it was kind yeah. of a cool idea, but it was I mean to meet Tom Poston. And I met Tom Poston and Bob Newhart, which was right. Like, forget, come on, forget about it. So, um, so I uh, I knew them from that, and then for this, they kind of wanted to bring me in, and I went really far uh, in one of the roles and didn't get it. Uh, but they were like, hey, we'd like to bring you back if we could and, and try to find something for you, which is beyond flattering. So um, they kind of were like, look, Neil needs a buddy. One, and, it, you know, and, and it was funny. The first scene we did um, was almost – it was hard to do because you know, we've sat next to each other in a bar. We've sat right. next to each other at dinner, on planes, and on stage. But it's funny that he's now the dad of children and I'm his buddy. Like, So it was kind of like – Hey man, what's going? It felt so like cardboardy, right? Odds, and we, we both talked about it. We're like, that's just really weird because we're we're having to be actors to act to be best friends who are best friends. So, right, that just uh, must be hard. But. Yeah, it was weird, but he's so he's a phenomenal actor. So he was great. So those guys are great. The kids are amazing, and uh, Patty Heaton is, you know, again the nicest person ever, and backs it up with boatloads of talent so exactly. it's really cool so i've done i did a bunch last year i'm gonna go back to the first one this year and another one subsequently after that we have a few minutes left yeah um, do you do you still get up on stage do you still do the improv do you guys yeah, still work we it out? do and, and again you know pete only started beer shark mice and, and you know people are always like what's the magic of anything you know and there's no you know how it is you try to get you know the perfect group together he basically got pete and i were always separated in improv because we we're both physical so as i was like pete you're on that team pat you're on that team um, so we never got to work together that much. So he's like, hey, let's, I'd love to work with you. And I said, me too. And um, he was working with Mike Coleman doing construction and, and acting and stuff. And he knew Neil. He was living with Neil. 
And I said, hey, I got this buddy of mine, Dave Keckner, that I've been doing stuff with. And he's like, you know what? I, that'd be great. I've, I've never really had the chance to work with Dave. So that's kind of how we started. And basically, the idea was just to follow somebody in a scene, just follow one person. And we just fast, just don't think, just do it. And it's people seem to like it a lot. Um, so we, we did it for four or five years, like straight every Saturday. But then I was shooting a movie in Canada, and Dave was, and then Neil was doing Scrubs. And so it just got to be a lot. And then um, uh, we did it at a festival, at the I.O. Festival uh, for charity, which was great, and people seemed to like it a lot. So I, I'd like to do more. We're going to go back to Chicago at the I.O. and do the opening out there, which is pretty cool. But it's a fun show. Um, it's, it's hard to explain, but, like, you know, my wife's seen me do shows – you know, we're married almost 24 years. Right. She's seen me do shows in front of four people, and she's seen, you know, me and Farrell's do whatever. So, but she'll come to these and just be like, every show is completely different. And we have friends from school and, and parents that we know. I think it's because it's fresher, you know? I think because you've done it yeah. for a while, and I think it gets to a point where where you're older, and so you don't care. Like me, I don't want really to do stand-up anymore. I just host at my friend's bar, and I, cool. no one's ever in there. Right. Like, no, but I just tell stories when I host yeah. it. Yeah. Because I'm like, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. I think because we just develop, and I think it's it's because it's not you guys aren't depending on it now. Like when you depend right. on something, you overthink it. But now you guys come back, and you all have successful careers. So you go, oh, we're just going to have fun. Because what's the worst thing is they're going to laugh because they're going to recognize some of us. Yeah. You know what's <laughs> I mean? What's the you're not going to say to go? Oh, that guy. Uh, you know he sucks. You know? Yeah. But so I think it makes it so much easier because. You guys know where you are in your career, so it's just fun. It is. It, it, I think we wouldn't do it if it wasn't fun. And kind of my joke is always like, when there's a scene on stage that I'm not in and I'm in the wings just kind of watching it, there's times where I'm just laughing out loud, and then it's like, oh, geez, I'm in this show. Right. Like, i, I got to get out there and earn my keep. But no, it's an incredible group. It's really cool. And the other thing, too, is that um, you know, one of the reasons we did it uh, was to keep our chops and, and, and to keep working and work together. It was like bowling night for us. But one of the main reasons was that when we came up, we would watch Joel Murray and Pasquese and these guys and Timmy Meadows and, and Mike Myers, and we would learn from them. So it's nice to be able to pass it down right. to somebody else and somebody who's trying to learn. They're like, I don't get it when, when, you, when you're doing long form or when you're in a scene, you get stuck. or you, you know, what do you do? If you watch things, you can learn from it. So maybe if we're helping somebody out, then that's kind of cool to be able to do. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, which is nice. And I've, done, I've gone back to colleges with – we've gone back to Marquette. Danny Pudi, uh, who's on Community – Okay, and uh, Chris Mars and the Farley brothers and I have gone back to Marquette where we all went to college and we've done shows and then we teach classes to all the kids and they're like well, I might have like 100 people here but they get like 700 people and all these people are like we want to be an actor we want to cool. be an improv and improv's huge now so um, that's been really nice to do so hopefully I can do that at a couple other schools and help people out which is nice well I want to thank you for coming on the oh, show you got it man Glad we jumped great. around uh, um, do you tweet I do, I do. I think I have like nine followers. Okay, what, what's your tweeter? It's Twitter. At, it's at that Pat Finn. Okay, and uh, website or anything? Or uh, I don't you have don't one. You can go to my IMDb and write something nice if you want. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I want to thank you for oh, coming you, on. This was great, And man. you have an audition later. Good luck in your audition. I do. Thank you. TV it's, or commercial? It's You know what? It's, it's kind of neat. Um, my daughter, who's uh, just turned 17, just did a commercial. And uh, it's to play a, a dad and his daughter in a commercial. So cool. they called both of us. So and then I'm kind of sitting there going, shoot, what if they want her? Not- <laughs> that happened in Chicago once. But I'm like, oh, shoot, if they don't want her, then I'm like, I can't take it. That's not cool. Well, thank you. So- uh, good luck. <laughs> thank you. Uh, people, follow me on Twitter at Cooper Talk. 
also uh, send me a message. I changed it up now because the email went down. Cooper.talk at yahoo.com. You can hit me up there. Also, uh, go to my website, coopertalk.net. I have about what, like 200 and, over 270 episodes, and one included is the uh, live bootleg. It's me and uh, director Jordan Brady did a show at uh, Bob's Espresso a few weeks ago. And so I put that up very like the old uh, – it's a lousy recording quality, but it sounds like one of those old bootleg albums. I you love get. Jordan. It was great. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's a great guy. He's and uh, follow me on uh, uh, Twitter. As I said, also go to your uh, Android device. Google Play Store, type in Cooper Talk, you can get my app. So that's about it. Go to coopertalk.net. Uh, thanks for listening. I love you guys when you listen. Also, follow me on iTunes. Just type in one word, Cooper Talk, and send me a review. So that's it. I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guest. Remember, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins. You guys have a great weekend.